Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. With these words, the Apostle Paul began his letter greeting to the believers in Galatia. The Holy Spirit preserved those words for us, for our learning also. We'd like to look at and meditate on some of the latter part of the book of Galatians Chapter 5, verses 16 to 25, you've heard that read. I'll read just the first and last verse of that section. So I, being Paul, say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Who will you walk with? Susan B. Coleman or Avon? H.S. or S.F.? I don't know a lot about those two major walks that try to earn money to fight cancer, except what I see on the commercials. But wow, walk 50 miles in three days or more? Wow, it seems like a quite remarkable feat. On a past visit to my doctor, he told me that uh, my blood pressure and cholesterol level were at uh, a borderline. So he gave me these instructions of what should do. Included in that, he says, exercise and lose 10 pounds. Oh, a few days after that, I went to my dermatologist and they told him I went to this and this is what he said was wrong. And the first words that came out of this dermatologist, a Stanford grad no less, was exercise and lose 10 pounds. Exercise? I'm a pastor. I spend most of the days sitting down. One of the things I always admired about Pastor Monkey is he regularly, every week, went to the gym and exercised. Now, my daughter's exercise. That's why we have all this equipment in our garage or in the back of our yard. And when they're home, they use that equipment. And last summer, so I went walking with one of my daughters most every day. Well, summer's over. They all go back to school. What would I, uh, what would I do and who would I walk with was the question. The Apostle Paul said more than exercise and lose 10 pounds to the Galatians and to us. To us, he says, remember, it's a new life, walking by the Spirit. Same question comes up, though. Who will I walk with? It needs to be answered by each one of this. It helps knowing the sponsors of the walks. Paul writes, so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Our walk is led by the HS, the Holy Spirit. 
Interestingly, the word translated live literally means walk. So that section could be translated, uh, so I say walk by the Spirit, or be walking by the Spirit. Speaking, of course, of how we conduct our life. Another decision that translators need to make in a section like this is big S or little s. There are no capital letters in the Greek. So the question needs to be answered by what Paul was writing there when he says spirit. Does he mean the big S, Holy Spirit? Or a little s, our spiritual life? Obviously, we could have no spiritual life without the big S, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who brings us to faith. Maybe many of us, like you saw just a few minutes ago, a most remarkable, miraculous thing happened before your very eyes. The Holy Spirit created faith in the heart of a baby. Born sinful. Yes, so innocent, so sweet, born sinful. We're all born that way, and that baby's life is now changed. Eternity is changed. The Holy Spirit was here and was at work. You didn't see him? Well, I didn't either. Doesn't mean he wasn't here. That's his promise. We take God on his promises especially the ones that the big S gives us, that Holy Spirit. How does one make a decision, whether it's big S or little s? Well, you look at the words around it, you look at the context, you look at what other places in the Scripture say about a similar thing. Now, the NIV translators uh, determine to the best of their understanding that every S should be Spirit, the big Spirit, Holy Spirit. Well, there are are some others, and, and I, I think it's interesting and a good possibility that the first two, the beginning and the ending of that section that I read is the Holy Spirit, but the two in the middle fit really well for our spiritual life, that spiritual walk that we're on. Yes, always led by the Holy Spirit, using the words of Scripture and the promises of Scripture, baptism, the sacrament, Lord's Supper, which so many of you will kneel down and receive, yes, we are led by that Holy Spirit. And when we are, it pleases God and we are blessed. Beware, there is another walk that leaves nothing but trouble with the final finish line being hell. Paul talks about that other walk, led by the SF. He says, so I say, live, walk, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The word nature there literally means flesh. So the comparison that Paul is making is that fleshly condition that we have received from our parents all the way back to Adam and Eve, sinful, including that little baby, and that spiritual life that we have now changed forever because of what the Holy Spirit has done. The comparison going on there. The SF, then, is sinful flesh. Sinful flesh is that part of us that's never been converted by the Holy Spirit and never will be. 
will hang on to us and cling on to us and affect us until the Holy Spirit leads us finally to heaven. That sinful flesh hates the Holy Spirit and always will hate the Holy Spirit and want to try to pull us away and follow Satan every day of our life. It's a battle that we're going to have to fight every minute of every day. The two walks then are in competition, Paul says it. And you felt this. You've experienced this. Paul writes, For the sinful nature, that sinful flesh, desires to do what is contrary to the spirit. And there I would suggest that spiritual life fits well, because that's the conflict that we have inside of us. And the spirit, that spiritual life in us, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another. They, you do not do what you want. Paul, other places, sets up that same, that same conflict between sinful flesh and that spiritual life that is in us. It's a battle. Some have used the, the uh, picture of a tug of war. You know, the tug of war, you, to, you know, play at picnics and things like that. You get the big rope and get two sides, and on one side we have sinful flesh, the other side that spiritual life that we have. Well, uh, the uh, um, entity that, that uh, anchors the one end with the sinful flesh, of course, is Satan, and thankfully the one that anchors the spiritual life is the Holy Spirit. Tug goes on during life. And when we allow the tug to get uh, closer to that uh, place, that pit, um, then we sin, right? That, that, that pit that's in the middle where the devil wants to pull us in our sinful nature is hell. Sadly, that leads to situations where what you want to do Really, I mean, seriously, you want, you intend, you plan to do this because you know it's God-pleasing and you don't do it. Neither do I. And those things you want to avoid at all costs and you plan to avoid at all costs and you work to avoid at all costs, those things we end up doing. And then you find yourself in that situation that Paul found himself in. That he says so clearly... In chapter 7 of the book of Romans, he says, And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. I know nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Same word there, flesh, sinful flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. He's talking about carrying it out perfectly every time. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I, Christian, that, 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 that spiritual uh, life in us who do it, but it is sin living in me. Sadly, so often we can relate to those words, that's true for us also. That's why Jesus came. That's why he took on human flesh without the sinful flesh part of that. When Satan came to tempt him, 
And he did. In every way that you and I have been tempted and will be tempted, Jesus, being God, also said no. And every day of his life, he walked by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. And then he took that walk to the cross because you and I have not walked by the Spirit. And neither did the Galatians. And on that cross, Jesus paid for every time anyone allowed his sinful flesh to win that battle and sin. Every time we walked down a wrong path and started to do that, Jesus paid for it on the cross. Then the promise by the Holy Spirit, as, as we have in the Bible, that Jesus paid for every wrong step, every wrong walk, every hurtful walk that we have ever taken. Find energy in that forgiveness in God's word. Find energy and, and the power to go on when you receive Christ's true body and blood given to you in the Lord's Supper. For indeed, there is a return for walking, depending on whose walk you're on. So I walk my three miles through the neighborhoods here, of this part of San Jose, four or five times a week. Lost 10 pounds, and blood pressure is uh, lowered. Obviously, I have to keep it up. And only time will tell if I will. See, there's also a return for the spiritual walk we are all on. Paul wants us to know that. So he shares the return for walking. Most importantly, never forget the two walks are in competition, which you and I don't want to do. Paul says the acts of the sinful nature, literally the sinful flesh, are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then the all-encompassing and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what could you lose if you go on that walk? This way of conducting one's life, you lose your inheritance in heaven. Oh, you gain something. You gain sorrow and agony of an eternity without God and the pleasures and joys that God has in store. See, Paul had a pretty good list, or maybe you say a pretty bad list, of the kinds of things that Everyone's sinful flesh would like to do, even yours and even mine. That doesn't mean we do all those things, but we have that same, that same inclination inside of us, in that sinful flesh, that good-for-nothing, rotten, sinful part of us. It's worse than an infection, and it never goes away, and we need to be aware of that. So we don't walk down that path. Paul's warned about that in the past. He says, I warn you about that again. Oh, yes, there is forgiveness. 
when that is done, unless, unless that is our way of life. The word live there literally means practice. If these things that Paul warned us again is your practice, if that's the way you normally are, if that's the way you go about your life, and, you, and there's no feelings of remorse, no looking to God for forgiveness, right? Then there is no, no hope. Then you've lost it. Then you're in big trouble. That list... You put it in different groupings, I guess. Maybe one could be this grouping of sensual sins, which were so prevalent in Paul's day and which are so prevalent today. In the world around us, yes. But sadly, we have the, the means to make it kind of a private thing. You know? The things you can download on your television set. Things you can get on the internet. Terrible, sensual sins. Oh, but no one knows about it. Come on, God does. Next group may be called idols. You know, well, Pastor, I don't walk down that first list, that long list of those bad, terrible kinds of things. Well, okay. Uh, what in this life could you not live without? What are the things that you have, that you own, that you, you've accumulated? Are any of those things more important to you than your God? Then they are your idols, and then you're walking that path. Personal relationships are that next group. We all have them, right? We're not hermits living up on the mountain. We see nobody, hear no one. We are working with people, meeting people all the time. What a ripe ground there is then for us to develop in things like hatred, discord, right? That person doesn't do what I want. That person does something that's harmful to me. That person gets ahead of me at my work. And he's no more gifted than I am. I'm jealous of him. Ambitions. I can't get along. And obviously, in those situations, I don't know about you, but it's always the other person's fault. In our mind, maybe. God knows better. In the last group he put together is excesses. We live in a world of excesses. Well, it may not sound that way. As I listen to some of you talk about how tough it is and how bad the government is and how Social Security is going to be right, I mean, you think the, the doom and gloom and, and we're all going to be homeless within 10 minutes. And it doesn't seem to be the case. Look at what we have. And maybe we need all to go to a third world country for and spend a few weeks there and see what it's like to have virtually nothing. And then think about of all that we have and the excesses that that brings, and not just excessive use of alcohol and drugs and things like that, but all the things that can take over our life, and we can get so wound up and hooked with them. See, those that, that practice these kinds of things, that characterizes our life. Paul said, you've lost it all. But he also says, what do you want to do? Thankfully, the Holy Spirit took hold of us so that we would not be in that practice. 
bought us by the blood of Christ. Only by the grace and mercy of our God. Nothing particular in us. But we are part of those then that Paul said, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified that sinful flesh with its passions and desires. See, that sinful flesh that at one time rolled, controlled us entirely has been crucified. Oh, it still hangs on, but it is as good as dead in God's eyes and as good as dead as far as having control over us unless we give it in that control. That's been crucified. Our practice now is to desire to walk with God, walk with the Holy Spirit, be led with the Holy Spirit every second of our life. That's what that spiritual being is all about in us, that that Holy Spirit created at baptism and strengthens through his word as we study it, as they read it, as we think about what we've memorized, as we come and, and receive that, that assurance in the Lord's Supper. Again, here with the little s maybe fits when we talk about the fruit here. We have a lot of uh, fruit, and why is the fruit here? Are we ever having a good time eating? I don't know who gets it, but I hope some's left over. Uh, it, it is a, a visual picture, right? You can say fruit and, and you have some ideas. This is a visual picture right before you of fruit. And where do fruit come, come, come from? Well, they come from different things. They come from trees. They come from vines. How do you know what this is before it gets that big when you just look at the tree? Well, maybe some of us are, are biologists and can tell all that, but many of us have to wait until you see the fruit, right? You know, when it grows one of them green things, I think, hey, that's an apple tree. And uh, this is maybe an orange or a grapefruit. Uh, um, a peach, right? Ah, cherry, right? We identify the tree by what it produces. And the same is true as us as Christians. We identify maybe just for ourselves and perhaps for others, but for sure for God by what we produce what you see. So, um, is Pastor Cronenberg doing his walks? Well, if you see a guy that has a hat like this on, and if it's sunny, he has these little flippers, you know, they're really nice. I don't know if you've seen these lately, but uh, my kids just love them, and you, you know, kind of flip them around. <laughs> you see a guy like this walking down one of these streets, most likely it's Pastor Cronenberg doing his, his three-mile walk, because that's, that's good for you. Um, so you, you can see that, what, what I'm doing by that. The Apostle Paul has a beautiful picture laid out for us, more beautiful even than this luscious-looking fruit, or the fruit of the, the Spirit again, and I would suggest, think about it being the spiritual life. Yes, we produce it because of the Holy Spirit, but it comes from, from us. God works it through us. He says, but the fruit of the spiritual life in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Because the Holy Spirit reigns in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives, we can produce that kind of fruit. We can be characterized by those marvelous fruits that are there. 
Again, if we were to put them together in groups, right? Maybe the first group would be the, those inner qualities that we have. Love, agape. You know, that God-like love that loves no matter what that person gives us in return. That's committed. See, that's the way God loved us. We're part of that world that God so loved. And we can have that love also. And when we have that kind of love and know Jesus, there is a joy inside of us that, that uh, the surroundings cannot take away. Because you know God is there. You know God will bless you and rescue you. You know you have a place and shirt in heaven. And that is true inner joy. And when you have that love and joy, you can live and be at peace. At peace in us, in a world that will never be peaceful. God can give that to you, and your life can be characterized by that. Maybe this next section fits our, our actions towards uh, our, our neighbors. Is patience and kindness and goodness to those who aren't patient and kind and good to us. Right? But we don't have to show those same kind of fruits in return. Right? Be kind to those who aren't kind to you. Jesus said that, right? <laughs> Love your enemies. Right? Kill them with kindness, if you will, and love. Let them see that. Perhaps they will say, well, how come you treat me that way when I treat you the way I do? And you can tell them, only because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. May he give us all patience as we wait. A third group might fit into this, uh, how one carries yourself out in your Christian calling. Whether it's a, a husband or a wife, a son or a daughter, a manager or employee, a retiree, whatever that is. How faithful are we in the things that God still sets before us? Not only faithful in our worship and those kind of things, but faithful in all the other areas that people can see and see that, that, that fruit of a person who is, is faithful and honest and serves. And when we do that with gentleness and self-control, we stand out from the world. Paul ends this section of his letter to the Galatians with two interesting concepts. First, the word therefore live is a different word in the Greek again than the other ones that we've looked at. It carries the idea of, of breathing, of being alive, um, not, not dead. And then the second part, the picture is of a marching army, marching in step one after the other. And he says this to us as to the Galatians, since we live by the Spirit, and I would suggest that that little s fits there really well, since we live by the spiritual life, that spiritual life that's in us, um, let us keep in step with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It's like a marching band. I don't know if you're in a marching band. I was in a marching band. And as you march, you're supposed to keep in step. And, and who are you to look? You look at the drum major, right? That one that's leading you. And stay in step with that drum leader. Then we'll all be in step. The Holy Spirit is our drum leader. And he, he steps out for us and he leads us. And Paul says, stay in step with that Holy Spirit. How does pastor stay in step when he goes walking by himself, which he usually ends up doing? Well, that's because I have one of these things. <laughs> How do you like that? A pink iPod. Guess which, where I got that. One of my daughters said the screen is too small. They need the bigger screen. So I said, that's fine with me. So I, I stay in step uh, by listening to music, and it's usually... Things like John Denver and the Carpenters, but, you know, that's what some of us uh, fellas like. Uh, 
See, we stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And we have a God who loves us and has set us on that walk and, and sings sweet music into our ears of love and, and faithfulness and salvation and all those fruit of the Spirit. And we walk. And we're led. May our gracious God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit continue to lead us and may we march in unison with our fellow believers until we reach heaven with Jesus forever. Amen.